Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. We are back for another mini-sode. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good afternoon, Misha. Good afternoon, Chandra. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I, I keep referencing the right side of my computer screen to figure out what day and month it is. My body is rejecting the concept of time. <laughs> It is not a real thing. It's not real. So accept and embrace the chaos. I'm really trying. I feel like listeners don't know. I, we've been jumping around a lot in these episodes because we recorded so many things prior, but the mini-sodes tend to be a little bit more real time. Mm-hmm. So you are catching us today. We're all back from tour. <laughs> Seven weeks have gone by. <laughs> You'll get more episodes in the future <laughs> where we're back on tour. Yeah. It's like getting in touch with the past and the future at the same time. Because time is fluid. You know what? This is like we're, we're putting that notion into fact. And you're, you're going to feel like it's a wild ride because you don't know what's going on. But as of today, we're both back home in our respective studios. And yeah, like we ended the tour on the West Coast. And my whole sense of what life is is just very disrupted currently. And then we landed and literally went to go see Cuckoo Kangaroo. Have you heard of this? Only from you. Yes. I'm telling you, you're missing out. It is like the most fun. It is on loop at my house all the time because I have a small child. But I get down with some Cuckoo Kangaroo and they were super sweet playing in the concrete at a Coney Island baseball game in the summertime. Aww. Lots of kids, lots of dancing. Very brave. So yeah, so we're just we're reeling. How are you? Uh, I feel the way about Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, I feel like Adam and I both really like Yo Gabba Gabba. Me too. And we found out, oh, I can't, I don't know if this is a secret, but there may be more Yo Gabba Gabba coming. It's been canceled for a while. And so we are very excited about that. I also am obsessed with Yo Gabba Gabba. We, we watched it religiously. I still have the songs in my head. <laughs> Taking back, we're on it, weren't they? They were, yeah. Cause we loved it. We loved it before. We had kids, believe it or not, which sounds weird, but we were back in our early, my very early 20s, we would just hang out and play the songs. That doesn't sound weird. It's Devo, Mark Mother's Boss, so it's really not that surprising. He is so delightful on that show. And I think about the one where he draws the ant farm. (laughs) So let's draw an ant farm. Like he, I mean, I feel like that man has his hands in everything. He is everywhere. Yeah. Yes. We stalked. DJ Lance Rock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on the internet. And then we met him one time at Comic-Con, which is the <laughs> biggest source of pride in my life. Serious, yeah. He, he's amazing. And I think he's like rebooting the show. They are. I met, we met him twice and nicest DJ ever. <laughs> and yeah, and they are rebooting it. And I cannot wait because we have the four-year-old, Sylvie. So we're ready. We're just like, we're waiting. It deserves it. I mean, that show is 
it was my only sanity when I had a small child. I can't do the wiggles. I can't do all this other crap. No. But the music is so good. But I think that Cuckoo Kangaroo actually went out with the Aquabats. Oh, see, it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get some of those band wives. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come talk with <laughs> us about the joys of, yeah, uh, we were in somewhere recently. Oh, maybe it was Santa Cruz. And the wall was decorated with permanent marker signatures and pictures and all the aquabats had drawn them their characters you know or their costume and it, and it was in permanent marker and signed and adam and i thought oh they're the aquabats we love them um other than that i, have, other I than don't that. know I'm, other than that what are we juggling i mean we're gonna hang out soon i know it's gonna be fun we're gonna be in new york i cannot wait we're going on an adult date in two days and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. We might match. We might be twinning. I don't know. It <laughs> turns out, well, if all goes well. We yeah. We could go somewhere really fancy. We may end up at Taco Bell. We st- That's also a question mark. We don't know. Would be Adam's dream. If we were like, guess what? We're not going to a fancy place. We're actually going to Taco Bell. He would be in seventh heaven. That's actually Claudio's dream, too. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm always like, let's go somewhere fancy and dress up. And he's like, oh, no. Tapas is a nightmare for him. Oh my gosh, they are the same in that way. They really? Are like, yes. I mean, I hate sharing food too, but I like being in a communal environment. <laughs> I know. I have seven brothers and sisters, which I've talked about before, and we grew up eating off each other's plates, and we still do it when we're together. And we order different dishes so we can all share a little bit and that kind of thing. And it's expected in my family. And Adam does not love that. It's been a long road. (laughs) It's been a long road. But like what happens when the person orders the worst thing? I don't want to share that bad thing. I just want to keep my good thing. would say don't order that. That sounds gross. Get something else, you know? So there's always one thing that's the standout item, right? And if you don't taste it, you don't know. You are just happy with your snack. Yeah. I mean, if we order the same thing, that's allowed. But generally, it can be discussed. Okay. It's, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm open to a democratic dinner table. <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> but it's kind of communist because the bill is split equally and everyone gets to eat off everyone's plate. And that that's is my true. dream. And I'm glad I grew up that way. But maybe if I hadn't, I would hate it. Oh, oh, actually, I have one more thing. That's big news over here. Okay. I started watching The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh. Oh wow. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm really excited. I didn't know where you were going with this because I've never watched Real Housewives, but you know that I love love the Utah. This is the intersection of <laughs> Yes. Wow. How is it? It is the most bonkers shit I've ever seen. Like I full stop. I mean, I haven't watched Real Housewives probably in like 8 year. I mean, since Jersey started. But yeah, SLC is a really unique type of crazy. Uh, Spoiler alert. But one of the women is married to her step-grandfather because her grandma put it in her will that she should essentially take over her life, meaning the church that she ran, all of her homes, and her husband when she passed away. And this... (laughs) Bless her heart. I mean, she she just jumped right in. But my God. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm really, what um, is this on? Hulu or what's it stream on? Yeah, it might be Hulu. Hulu oh, or wow. Netflix. Yeah. I'm going to have to check this out. I have, I, I've avoided Real Housewives at all costs all these years, but I am so compelled by this. I think two of them are Mormon and then one was excommunicated. Oh, uh, because she got divorced. Good for her, yeah. It's really uh, an array. Okay, all right. Well, this is exciting. Are you drinking water? Good. <laughs> I have no. one. Look. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. I thought that's what you were sipping, and I was like, "Wow, you did it!" You... This is what no. I was. <laughs> oh, it's coffee, straight black. Okay, never mind. <laughs> With a shot. Oh wow. Okay, so I was just checking in on that to see if anything's changed. But... I appreciate that. I yeah. thought about it a lot since uh, since the episode came out this morning, <laughs> um, and I am a raisin. But you look so hydrated. Your skin looks so nourished. So I feel like Thank you're probably you. fine. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, should we should we get to our questions? Yeah, let's do it. I think we uh, I think we dug out a compelling one today. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm interested. God only knows what's going to come out of our mouths, but I'm excited. Okay, here, here's the question. How do you cope with jealousy as a band wife? Has it faded or gone away over time? Or do you still have moments of insecurity in your relationship, despite how long you've been married? And how do you work through those feelings while juggling parenting and your own lives? Uh, yes. That's Absolutely. <laughs> I think... As you age and you get a little bit older and more comfortable in your relationship, in an ideal situation, right? You in a healthy relationship, anyway, you are a little bit less jealous. You don't you don't have the same sort of impulses that you did when you were twenty, and your mind doesn't always go to the worst place. But I do think a lot of that has to do with the person that you're with and how they present life to you. I suppose, you know, if you're with somebody that is not transparent that is not communicative, you know, is playing games or giving you a reason to feel that way, or maybe even sometimes just not telling you what their day looks mm -hmm. like. I think that leaves a lot of open space for questions to come up. And when you don't have a lot going on in your own life, I would say before I had kids, before I really knew what my career path was, there was a lot of time in my brain. Some of that time was spent getting concerned about things that were so outlandish and so far off base that I realized I needed to fill that time with things that were productive so that I wouldn't just obsess about things that were ridiculous. Uh, you know, knowing that about yourself, I tend to be less jealous, but more possessive. Mm. It's just in my nature to want like uh, things and mm -hmm. people and maybe like collect is not the word, <laughs> you know, surround myself yeah. with people I know will be there you know, things that are comforting, right? So the threat of any of those things being taken away is terrifying to me. And so I think sometimes I push the other way that I'll sabotage. Yes, I was thinking that. Yeah, I think at 39, I have a better handle on those things that I'm able to sort of anticipate my own reaction. It's hard. It's hard with friendships. It's hard with relationships. It's hard with competitiveness. It's It's yep. something that you continually have to work at, you know, with other people who are having cool things happen. Maybe you didn't even know you wanted until you saw somebody else get it. What about you? How do you like? Yeah, I took so much from what you said, because it does feel like such a loaded question. And there are so many pieces to it. Because I totally agree that 
it's changed so much over time from when we first were together when I was 23 and now I'm 27 and we're going on 15 years. There's been so many, I guess, more like a spiral, right? So it's not like you're just going up and away and everything gets better because you spiral around your issues in a relationship unless you really get to the root and somehow solve it. But sometimes there are personal things. Like you said, when I was had less going on in my life and was maybe less secure in myself and not as busy with the kids and work and my friends and a full life, then you have more time and maybe even more of a dependence on them for your identity or for your worth. So I think it's partially you want to feel safe and that's totally natural. You know, you want to feel safe and appreciated and loved. And when you don't feel that way, then that that's probably a real problem. You know what I mean? That's probably more of a real problem than just being worried for no reason, right? You know, being worried just because of the nature of their job or just because they're gone. So it's the kind of the split between is this a real thing that we need to talk about or is it just the nature of Adam's back and Adam's yeah. back. <laughs> also not dressed again. <laughs> you go and close the door. This is We're working here. <laughs> the episode. I do a lot of editing, but I'm not editing this out. <laughs> Babe, you got it. We're women at work. <gasps> you look so cute. Just lock the door, though, on your way out. You look so handsome. You guys are in the romantic mode because you're about to have an adult vacation oh gosh, in New York. It's like, ah. we love it. We, as you know, we would love someday to live there, part time live there um, when we are old aged folks, but maybe now, maybe sooner. But I agree because I'm coming to see you and I'm going to Blackstone to see the the publishing um, office and I'm doing the book event. And so, and then we also just get to go anyway. So Mm -hmm. all of the, yeah. All right. So Adam, I don't know what I was talking about before you came (laughs) down here. It was all wild like that. But I think I also absolutely agree with what you said. It's like a, a little bit of a, that, ego like self-sabotage aspect where you are afraid of getting hurt and so you hurt first or you protect yourself by removing yourself from the situation instead of opening up to vulnerability because you will get hurt you will you'll get hurt in a marriage you're gonna feel bad you're gonna feel sad you're gonna feel like a victim sometimes you're gonna be you're going to be treated badly sometimes probably because we all have our own stuff going on and we're not perfect at communicating and we all have our own past pains and issues that we need to work through. And that doesn't feel great, but I'm really good at being uncomfortable. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, I'm not, a, we talked about this, I think in our first episode where sometimes I feel like I'm almost too good now at being uncomfortable and it doesn't even really strike accord in me. I'm like, ah, cool. Business as usual. If you turn your focus inward and value yourself and what you're doing, you're really bulletproof in that way because, exactly. you know, what you recognize that you can't control things. Yeah. But you have to know you'll be okay, right? You're okay. You're, you're, you're home in yourself, as they say, but also looking inward in the sense that to have the boundaries and say, this is my boundary. This is what I want for my future. And, you know, and just kind of knowing that about yourself and at the same time taking full responsibility for your behavior. It's a, it's a interesting thing. I like the idea, this idea of the mirror, you know, so it's really 
looking inward and deciding what you want to do with your life. And you can want to be in a relationship so badly. And I can only imagine how hard it would be if that person doesn't for whatever reason, or can't be the person you need them to be because of the risk of jealousy in in this career, but in any career. I don't know. I feel like if they did a full, large scale study on what's, you know, a business romance versus like a, I don't know if it would, because there are so many bands who don't live that life. So many bands who aren't, there aren't girls backstage or, you know, there aren't, it's not that kind of atmosphere. And there are probably a lot of businesses and startups and where it is gross. Yeah. People are working long hours or they're traveling for work where somebody's gone for nine to five. Like you are, there's always the risk. Things will get taken from you. Things will change. Uh, But I found, and I say this to my son all the time, if you worry about things that haven't happened yet, you suffer twice. Mm, Yeah. Because it may never happen at all. And if it does, now you've killed the day and had to deal with the thing. Just have to talk about it. Don't overthink it. Easier said than done. And find something to do. Yeah, that was the the last part of that question was um, while juggling parenting in your own lives, because we've all felt the jealousy, probably a lot of people listening who do not have partners in bands, or, you know, we all feel this jealousy and struggling with it when they're, you know, like you said, just worrying about it can be so emotionally draining. And we only have so much energy in a day. And so if you're spending a lot of time being drained or stressed about something that you are worried about, then it's hard to be present and do the things like play the oboe or yes, <laughs> or, <laughs> practice your German to do the things that you want to spend your time doing because you're too busy somewhere else in your brain. And it's easier said than done. And I've been, I mean, I think it's sort of a crucible. Mm-hmm. It's forging you and your relationships, your closest with every, with your partner, with your best, closest friends, with your best siblings, your closest siblings, uh, not best siblings, all mine are the best. I mean, your closest. <laughs> There's always a dynamic give and take, right? And there's always the fear of being left, whether it's in a romantic way or when we all die one day, you know? Yes, it's just fear of change. <laughs> fear of change and fear of loss. And, um, But I think in the end, knowing that you'll be okay and that you will have yourself as your greatest relationship and all the other facets of your life are a web, yeah. not just your your romantic I'd like to think too, I almost feel, and I hesitate to say this out loud because probably would not be the case if it, you know, really went down. But I feel like my relationship with Claudio at this point is, it's so, I don't know, I just, A, I, I trust him wholeheartedly. But I would like to think that if there was a time in our lives that something came up and he said, you know what, I don't think I want to do this anymore. There's somebody else or I want to pursue this other thing. Um... I don't know. I think that my mind as an adult, I don't want to be in something that somebody doesn't want to be in with me. Yeah. It would be so different now than it would have been when we first met. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad way to feel or if it's valid because obviously I haven't lived through that. I don't know. I, I think when you really feel like you love and respect somebody and are listening to them and are open to their needs as well, I don't know. You can be a little bit more considerate of what is the thing that we're missing, right? What about this is something that is not making your life feel good? And so it it would at least be a conversation. 
Yeah. You know, maybe with throwing things and screaming, <laughs> but it would be a- <laughs> Well, and the conversation could be partially, you know, that um, hypothetical conversation between, you know, the spouses. Are you sabotaging? Maybe, And maybe it is like, yeah, you just found someone else and um, Godspeed or yeah, you made a mistake and, and that's a whole different thing. And it's like, what do we... What do we want? What do we want? What do we see for each other's futures? And if you can do that in a way where you know you'll be okay and you just want them to be okay, right? So you're kind of just saying in the end, you love each other. You want the other person to be happy. And so if it takes separate paths, I feel like I agree with you hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. <laughs> like, no. Go your own way. Be free. I'm sure it would not happen if that was the case. It would be. I'm sure it depends different. on the circumstances. It would come as a blow if it was a lie or if it was a cover up. Or, but it, if it was a slow, like I read a lot of literature. And so there's a lot of those relationships in fiction that are the slow death. You know, and then they know it's coming and then yeah. it's not such a shock. And that happens a lot in books. Does it happen in real life? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard, you know, and I guess like do you see relationships around you that you thought were infallible end? Yeah. You know, there's two ways to look at it. One is terror. Like, oh, my God, everybody's vulnerable. Or you can really kind of see what people do in these situations and take what you can from them and say, okay, well, I saw that this worked well or this didn't. Everything now is under the banner of having a child and how would we co-parent or yeah. something catastrophic happened. Uh, you know, how do you how do you emerge from that and and keep your kids intact? Yeah. So yeah, this is obviously very hypothetical. And also this is coming from me who told my husband that if something ever happens to me, I want him to walk around the town like a ghost and be the guy that everybody says, well, he just never recovered. <laughs> I love that. That was your in your will. <laughs> Listen, I know some people want their spouses to find love again and move on. Uh, I mean, hypothetically, I want that for you. <laughs> but if I'm being honest. But realistically, I want you to be really sad forever. I'm yeah. going to get you like an old timey Victorian nightgown. <laughs> the all black. That's all you have yeah. to wear your morning colors. From Aww. Charles Dickens tale. And you will be with your lantern walking through the streets of Brooklyn. Tears in your eyes. Hunched over this is my wish for you. <laughs> but also be a good dad. Yeah. Only when you're out, look really sad. At home, you know, be normal and nice. And... Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you expressed that. Here's my thing. I have seen and the, a generation older than me go through divorces. And I have wondered coming out of it this, you know, after 10 years, after 20 years, thinking, knowing both people and saying, I think they could be happy together. And I think sometimes I'm wondering, if there was elements of unwillingness to grow, unwillingness to to let go of the ego, or there were moments of sabotage, not believing you're worth love, not setting boundaries, not whatever. You know, I overthink a lot. That's what I do. Yeah. That's what we do. So I think about that. I, I've kind of internalized it and tried to learn in a way to really turn inward because I have moments where have anger or I'm kind of wound tight. I think of myself as a very kinetic person. And so I do have moments where I react first before I think. <laughs> and so I find myself sometimes getting annoyed or upset. And just to, like you said, notice those feelings and wonder where they come from because I would sometimes blame Adam 
for mm-hmm. my anger when it or whatever and it would have sometimes to do with the scheduling more than jealousy um, or coming and going for work and those kinds of things. But that's what I signed up for. And obviously I know, <laughs> I know that's the schedule, but that's part of the parcel. So I think because I saw those dynamics growing up and, and thinking about how sacrificing something with me, yeah, I have three kids. So vital and that I'm really proud of and that I want to see through to the future because I love the idea of the future that we could have together. I try to be extra conscious of potential sabotaging or um, unnecessarily creating a dualistic needs. That's a great way to put it. Dualistic needs. I think that that is part of the urges behind being jealous. And so I think it's worth digging deep down there and around. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize when you're starting to feel those things and where they are coming from. You know, we're all we're all like figuring it out and have it figured out at least more than we did before. Yeah. So, you know, that's the wish for everybody is to really find somebody that makes you comfortable and allows you to express when you're not and helps you to sort of dig and find out why. And then if it's you, if you're the problem, right, is yeah. willing to adapt their behavior a little bit or at least have a discussion about it. Yeah. I mean, you are part of the problem. <laughs> but even if it is, and that might just be because of the communication or the boundaries that need to be set or the, I don't know, the release of jealousy or the release of the relationship, hopefully not. But, you know, you're in charge here. Yes. <laughs> you're in charge here. And so you got to take full responsibility for what you want and the relationship that you want. Sometimes you're going to be the problem. Yeah. Drive that ship. Yeah. Stay out of the jealousy canal. <laughs> You'll get trapped in there. <laughs> it's like that, that boat that was stuck in the canal for like half of COVID. That yes. That's the jealousy ship. canal. Yeah. <laughs> I think definitely asking why what are where are the feelings stemming from and if they're stemming from real true lack of transparency or problems then that will certainly need to be addressed but if it's just that those false you know the nightmares that the daydreaming nightmares i guess then it's time to face them in yourself yeah that's it that's all we've got i mean that's really all we can that's all we can offer up you know we could take a little more time maybe and try to type out our ideas or really think about them but it's interesting to articulate them in real time with someone else, knowing that potentially people will be listening to what we say because you want to be careful, but it's complex. Absolutely. I think trying not to monitor too much of like what your gut reactions are because the important mm-hmm. stuff is being candid and being honest and rolling through it. I mean, that's, that's the way that I feel like my brain works anyway, is just kind of starting here and it's, you know, you don't know where you're going <laughs> to land, but. Well, you want to be in the open ocean where the waves are. You don't want to be stuck in the canal just thinking about being jealous all the time. You know what? I just thought something we never talked about, but I'm glad we didn't talk about it because I don't really feel that it needs to be mentioned specifically. But obviously this, the other, the other people, Mm -hmm. the women, you know, and that's like, um, I think the least of the worries. (laughs) And so we didn't really talk about that, but that's an important thing to note is I feel like if that is your concern, then it's really time to retreat and come to a place of respect for everyone, for the fans, for everyone there. And it 
definitely goes without saying that that would hurt or be a problem, you know, if that's where I guess the jealousy would come from. Yeah, I'm looking at fans as allies and people who love and respect what, you know, what somebody you love is doing, rather than potential, uh, I guess, um, landmines. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's just such an outdated way of viewing what we do and what our husbands do and what, you know, what anybody who's good at what they do is doing there will always be like sketchy people in the world but you can't like that's not Mm -hmm. you know just let that go there is something about addressing the fears turning and facing thinking you know the worst happens so what what is the worst that's going to happen think about it face it and then think about yourself on the other side of it or think about you know whatever that looks like you'll be okay and in any situation, whether, you, you know, if you're applying for a job or, and you, or you're putting your novel out in the world or you're writing, you know, whatever it is, it's okay to be like, what's the worst that could happen? And then look at it and think about it. And, and it's not to worry about it or to dwell on it. It's to really be like, I can face this, you know? And so it's like, then you don't have to worry about it all the time either. Cause you just don't want these things draining your energy. Yeah. Amazing advice. The same with any, with the jealousy, with the relationship with the friendships you know imagine the worst thing happening in a friendship and you just you think about it and then you say oh I could overcome that and then you move on with the day yeah then you start a podcast and you hash it out yeah (laughs) truly this has become a form of therapy it's very releasing every guest we have on I learn something and I feel bolstered and seen in in new ways I'm really grateful that we did this too Yeah, I'm really excited about all the episodes we have coming up and all the good things. And uh, oh, wait, we forgot to ask for more questions. Yeah, I pinned on our Bandwives Instagram. So if you go to the the homepage, the profile, I pinned the question post first. So if you have questions, they can be anything. They do not have to be about the Bandwife life. They can be about writing. They can be about yeah, about anything. What else do we know about Florida? Uh, yeah, ask us about caves. Some We have limited information on plants and Edgar Allan Poe, but we're working on that. <laughs> yeah, houseplants. Uh, you, you're going to design. We, we'll answer questions we don't even know the answers to. So just shoot it over. <laughs> It'll be like when our, when we were kids and we had to ask our families like questions they didn't know and they just made shit up and then we believed it forever. Yeah. And you're like, why is the sky blue? My dad's like, because air, ocean. (laughs) I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) I get it. We always kind of answer the question and never really. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. See you next time.